0: Hey, welcome back. Now that NFL players and coaches are on vacation until like around the last week of July, they can't report back for any training. Why don't we take a time to look at what players stand out in the New England Patriots organization for the 2018 season. We'll start with the quarterbacks and of course yours truly Tom Brady. You know, I have kind of the feelings on him. I appreciate that he has other things he wants to do in his life, like spend more time with his family, but Tom Brady has very much criticized other young players for not being 100% committed to these OTAs, even though they are voluntary, but he has criticized a lot of young people that couldn't understand the complicated playbook. You know, to where Tom Brady's standards and not everybody is on the same type of standards as Tom Brady. I mean, you have to keep him a notch above everybody else because how far advanced he is in the offensive book and defensive schemes. The guy just lives, breeds, sleeps football. How many times have we heard Brady say how valuable these these off-season uh, voluntary spring minicamps are to get acclimated for the veteran players and also the rookie players. So when Brady does return in July and going into the first week of August, and he's, if he starts yelling at guys, new guys in minicamp like he does, Brady's known to be very intimidating on the practice field. Um, you know, he's not that pretty boy everyone really thinks he is. He has another side of him, but he learned to put his mask on. See, I don't need to take my mask off because I never had a mask on. But, of course, we all know that ain't going to happen because Brady will work with anybody. We watch Tom Brady make players that we never even heard of make them legends or make them great players or take them to the Super Bowl. So, until Tom Brady proves me wrong and proves everyone else wrong, stop hating. Get off them nuts. We'll jump over to the big tight end, Rob Gronkowski. And he does look like they have a big tight end, doesn't he? You can't really believe everything you see in the media or you hear in reports, whether it's YouTube, whether it's the gram, whether it's Twitter, because there's a lot of fake news out there. And when Gronk, after the Philadelphia loss, when he said... I have to look into my future. What else are you going to say after a game like that? Your head coach leaves the best player you have off the field, so you have no chance of winning the game. There was just a lot of screwed up things that went along with that game that wasn't traditional New England Patriots. My opinion, that's why Gronk and Brady didn't even show up to a voluntary off-season conditioning training. That's why New England used him as trade bait. I did an earlier episode, shopping a player versus talking a player. It's two different things when you're looking at free agency. I remember when free agency started in the NFL. So I pretty much been around to see it all. They dangle players. Bob Kraft, not to get away from this, but Bob Kraft used used, um, Massachusetts... And he threatened them to move the stadium, one place was Providence, Rhode Island, and another place was over in Hoffett, Connecticut, just to get Massachusetts to come up with the money that he needed for his stadium. Now, he wasn't shopping, he was talking. And that's pretty much what the Patriots were doing with the Gronk, they were talking. But there was reports that he could have been traded to the 49ers, the Titans, the Lions, and I believe the Houston Texans. And all them organizations have a New England Patriot connection. But fences were mended, Gronk got over his failings, and he's back playing two thousand eighteen. But let's just get let's just look at the facts. The Pats is not nearly as scary without Gronk in the lineup. Brady will figure ways to get it done, but with Gronk in the lineup with them big mitts, six and change like that guy is just like a rock. Defensive player says it hurts tackling that man. Offensive line, man. What do you guys think of the offensive line? What do you think of what I'm saying so far? Hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. But you are listening to New England Patriots Rundown. Welcome. Thank you for joining me if you're just coming in. um, If you've been around listening to some of the show, thank you very much. And um, I appreciate it. Hit the star button up in the podcast. And also, I'm also on YouTube. Check me out. And if you're listening on YouTube, hit the like, hit the subscribe, and hit that bell notification button. We're going to jump in and look at that offensive line that New England Patriots has, Dante Scarnecchia. The only thing that scares me about Dante Scarnecchia is Father Time. Dante Scarnecchia coached the offensive line for the Patriots for years, he retired. The offensive line was shit for the whole year he was gone. Dante Scarnecchia returns. The offensive line starts stepping up again. But I'm afraid for the time with Dante Scarnecchia, you just can't teach the stuff that these men know anymore. You can't teach that to new coaches. They want to do their own thing, just like it's generational. But the offensive line, Nate Solder, I was surprised he left. I really thought he was going to retire and spend more time with his children. But, I mean, why not go after that first big contract after your rookie season? I mean, he was uh, a great left tackle. He was actually the second time that Brady had a left tackle. And the first one was New England Patriots Hall of Famer 2018 nominee Matt Light. Not even nominee, 2018 winner. Of the Patriots Hall of Fame Award Well the offensive line Unless you've been living under a rock Nate Soldier had left for a bite Of the Big Apple However he was a great left tackle The second only to cover Brady's blind side And he'll be Very missed in Patriot Nation Now we said that We said our goodbyes Let's get on with Nate Soldier. He's now sleeping with the enemy That's how the NFL is. It's a business. But I don't think Nate Solder is irreplaceable on the field. I think people can step up. I think Nate Solder, he was good at the position he played. He got burnt a few times. And there was stronger guys that could pretty much get around him. He wasn't, you know, like Zeus, the lightning god or something. Let's let's not kid ourselves. You know, so the Patriots locker room really got to look to see who's the next guy to step up to replace Brady's blind side. And I think first round draft choice, Isaiah Wynn is probably destined to win a job. But right now, it's got to be like that massive dude, Trent Brown. And really, uh, Nate Solder's replacement. Do you guys think that the offensive line can be better this season than it was a year ago? But players have to live up to their potential. They have to make the plays. They have to go to practice. Not stay in their room and play Xbox all day. You have to put the work in. Or you're never going to make it to where you want. We all want to lay on our ass all day. But if you don't put the work in, nothing's going to come to you. So we covered quarterback Brady. We went over tight ends. Offensive line. How about wide receiver? Or do you want to get into running? How do we do running back first? Dion Lewis, again, like Nate Solder, he's gone. He's not here. See you later, Dion. He went over to Tennessee for about a nickel a year. Now, I don't mean five cents. I mean about $5 million deal. But the Pats, we still got Rex Burkhead, James White, to confiscate for, for what we lost in and um, Deion Lewis, I mean, Deion Lewis, I think he's one of the most elusive backs since Barry Sanders. Now, I'm not saying that he has Barry Sanders numbers, or I'm not saying he was equal to Barry Sanders. But I think he was very elusive as breaking tackles. And But a guy like that, with ACL blown, the way he cuts, he's destined to get hurt again. And I like what the Patriots been doing the last few years about... Their are in running backs, let's do running back by committee. Let's not give a running back all types of crazy money. Let's give them what they deserve. Let's pull in the $5 million and let's spread it around with three, four players over the year. Now we always have a fresh set of legs to run through the hole. And we don't even know what's going on with the new helmet rule that you can't lead with your helmet anymore. And that's pretty much how running backs make their bread and butter. So, let's keep running back by committee, and that's pretty much you know uh what we're going to do in the running back position and don't forget Mike Gillisley, Jeremy Hill. so it's going to be a lot of competition this summer, and finally finish up the offense with wide receivers. and we can't mention New England Patriots wide receiver without jumping. Right into Julian Edelman He had a blowout knee last season First game of the year We missed Julian Edelman last year And it really hurt But then coming around to this year You know, the biggest story this summer already Julian Edelman gets pinched for It's either substance abuse um, violation Or a PED violation Do you know the difference? I didn't think so. I'm going to tell you. The difference is a substance abuse violation is done off-season. A PED violation is done on-season. So it depends in the calendar month when that violation is is taken, which I understood it was taken off-season, so I thought it would have been a substance abuse violation, but they're saying it's a PED violation unless... I haven't heard. Um, if I'm wrong, let me know. Hit me up. Can we keep it real? Forty at gmail.com. But after the uh, the right knee blowout, he has another four-game NFL suspension. It was three, but now I'm hearing it's four games. He is a Patriot, so I doubt Go Roger. That is gonna reduce the penalty if he loses the appeal. Where does he go? Danny Amendola can't step him. He went to Miami. Him and his miserable uh, girlfriend. I seen a picture of them on Instagram. And uh, she looks so miserable. And all I could think about is him saying, I should have left this bitch in New England. And even Amendola. Like, this guy took so many pay cuts over the air. You couldn't give him this one time, let him make some money before he retires? Eight million dollars. I say 8 million like oh yeah yeah it's like no, but I understand 8 million dollars is a lot of money but Danny Amendola left more than that off the table re-signing just to play with Tom Brady and the Patriots don't appreciate that they don't appreciate players they're like a fuck you team what have you done for me lately that's the kind of organization that the New England Patriots are and I'm not going to front I love the Patriots I think they're one of the greatest teams in the organization. But how they treat their own is not keeping it real. How many players have they stuck it to on their way out of town? That's why players ultimately leave New England. They don't pay. Wes Welker couldn't wait to run out of town. He did a report saying that he was still intimidated when he did an interview thinking what Bill was going to say. But Julian Edelman is not going to be the only offensive weapon on the team. There is plenty others in the wide receiving core that I can see stepping up. I could see Riley McCarron. He's actually getting a lot of snaps during the minicamp that they had. Um, you also got uh Philip Dorsett, Braxton Burials, which I've been saying since he was drafted, taken in the later round. I think he would be in excellent step up for Danny Amendola his first year I'm not too sure but I think give the kid a year or two let him work with Brady a little bit the kid is fast he gets off his snaps you have Edelman on the right you put this kid in the slot lined up next to him you know when you float Gronk off you know you offset him off the line of scrimmage you know up and down but um I pretty think that's the way to go and we can't forget Jordan Matthews, man. What is he going to do in a New England Patriots uniform? So the wide receiving core, I am really not concerned about. Julian Edelman's PED abuse, I'm really not concerned about. Thank you for listening, New England Patriots Rundown. We discussed the offense, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive line, tight end. I got into it all. Now stay tuned because next you're going to hear about That's right, we can't discuss the offense without talking about the defense because defense wins championships, and it also helps if you have Brady and Belichick. But thank you for listening, New England Patriots Rundown, and check out my other show, Can We Keep It Real, available on eight platforms, streamed around the world. Check it out, Mafia news. A lot of hip hop news on there. Like, really, what's real going on? A lot of fuckery, man. Um, there was just an episode about the Latanza Heist on there. Jimmy Conway, Henry Hill. You hear how the Making of Goodfellas went down. There's all types of things on there. And if you want to be on either show, hit me up. Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com. It's your boy Mikey Ribello. And I'll be back. Have a safe. 4th of July, don't do anything stupid, don't blow yourself up, don't hurt nobody, if shit starts getting real, don't think being a man and busting off or capping somebody is the way to do it, man, never make a decision based on 10 seconds, it's your boy Mikey and I'm out. We are saddened to... The passage of Andy Johnson and Kenneth Jones, former Patriot running back Andy Johnson, died May 16th following a long illness, according to an announcement by the New England Patriots. A fifth round choice from the University of Georgia in 1974. Wow, that was the year I was born. He played his next eight seasons for the Pats and was named to the Pats 1970 All-Decade Team. Of course, Patriot Nation is saddened to learn of the death of also offensive lineman Kanata-Jones on June 9th. The 39-year-old Kanata-Jones was selected by New England in the fourth round of the 2001 NFL Draft. He started 11 games during his 2002 season, but he was released before the 03 campaign. Jones's, Jones's mom said her son died of cardiac arrest in their home in California. Moment of silence for Mr. Johnson and Mr. Jones. Few transactions that have been going around with the New England Patriots. On May 10th, they released offensive lineman Jason King, who spent most of the 2017 on New England's practice squad. King resigned with the Pats eight days later. That always seems to happen. Contracts need to work out that way. And also, wide receiver Chris Lacy was let go to accommodate King's return to the 90-day man roster. And also, on May 6th, of the New England 2018 draft choices signed their four-year contracts. Fifth round, Bentley. Sixth round linebacker Kristen Sam. Wide receiver Braxton Berrios. 7th round quarterback Danny Etzling. Defensive back Keon Crossan and tight end Ryan Izzo. 2nd round cornerback Duke Dawson inked his deal on May 16th as well. So rest in peace to our former Patriots Andy Johnson and Kenneth Jones. Patriot Nation will always mourn your passing. And it looks like the Patriots also released offensive lineman Tony Garcia, a 2017 Patriots third-round draft choice. And the New England Jets claimed him off waivers right away. The Patriots also added rookie punter Coley on back in May to the room for him on the roster. And then they released wide wide receiver Darren Andrews. When Troy Nicholas, a free agent from Arizona, when he was playing at Notre Dame, his former fighting Irish lineman, teammates, and especially Mantateo, was the one who gave him the nickname of Hercules. Back in Notre Dame, he said he was a California kid on a nice diet, nice little tan, you know, pretty in good shape. He said he came in and Mantateo. You know, he's the one that pretty much had the, uh, he got scammed by, uh, by a fake girlfriend and it was uh, a man at his senior year in college and I think it even hurt him in the draft. But Nichols is not known as a receiver and is just 19 receptions in his fourth season with the Cardinals under his belt. During minicamp when he showed his agility and his route running and looked comfortable being... In the passing game, although most players fall into that category in shorts alone, it's not my job as an athlete to say where I should get more reps or not. Nichols says that when asked if he'd like to see a role in the passing game, he said that's up to the coaches. I'm just going to keep grinding and go where they tell me to go. But as of right now, he's enjoying his time being a tight end and being in the tight end room with Gronkowski, and he's going to learn as much as he can off the other giant. He said he wants to try to emulate Gronk. He said he's a very powerful opponent, and he knows that Gronk's somebody he can learn from, but he is open to being a wide receiver and catching some passes. I'll tell you, it's always great to see the team back on the field, everybody working together, I mean, OTAs was pretty impressive for the team coming along, getting acclimated, having a good time. Belichick was able to get some good teaching instructions and seen some things that he thought he can help players. There's a lot of new players on the team and a lot of players that have been on the team for a while. So it is good to see everybody out there, the whole New England Patriots team working together. I gotta say, ever since we lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl last season, it's been a very hurtful off-season, and it's been an off-season that I wasn't looking forward to, and I still can't wait to get back to the regular season again, but don't forget, check out everything you want to hear here, Patriots Related on New England Patriots Rundown. Welcome to another edition Today is Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018, and I hope everyone has a safe 4th of July weekend, and uh, don't do nothing stupid, never make a decision based on 10 seconds. You know, even the friggin' Eagles tackle Lane Johnson, you know, criticized the Patriot way numerous times this off season. He said that the team don't have any spite, I mean, even though that they win, but they don't have any fun, I mean... What are you there for? Are you—is this your job, or are you there to have fun? Then last season, who was it? Who was that clown that got fired after the the Raiders game? Um, I got it right here. Oh, Cassis Mosh. He told a San Fran reporter that he disliked his time in Foxborough so much that he almost quit the game altogether. But what I remember is him throwing a temper tantrum after the Mexico game because he only got a few eligible snaps, so he was only in the game a little bit, throwing water bottles. And you know what happens after a player like that acts like uh, an asshole? Yup, pack your shit and hit the bricks. I mean, if there were any players that are unhappy, none of the Patriots guys are speaking about it. I think even this year, Belichick during um their um, voluntarily um, mini camps and where they have to report. I think he even took them to Fenway Park and they enjoyed a baseball game and I think they even did something after that. When they asked Dante Hightower about it, he said, I mean, it's not for everybody. It's harder than most places to play, but I mean, that's part of it. A lot of guys know that when they come to New England, they come here to win. But in lock of them." It's not Belichick's job to make this a fun atmosphere for the guys. It's the guys around here to make it a fun atmosphere. Belichick's job is to coach and win. Hightower went on to say that the players in the locker room, they're not like co-workers. They're family. They're brothers. And he said he loves them as brothers. Hightower comes from... Alabama where he played for Nick Saban who was a very good friend of Belichick and the two coaches are very similar in their styles of the way that of the Patriot way so I think Hightower pretty much had an idea what he was walking into but I mean let's face it you go to work you're not there to have fun if you can enjoy yourself you know doing your job fine but these guys are there to play football Hightower said, I played for Nick Saban and I played for Belichick, and I think they're two peas in the same pot. I mean, you're not going to get better unless you sacrifice, and sometimes sacrifices are tough. Let's take Stefan Gilmore, for example. He had a real rough introduction into the Patriots organization. He arrived at a very high price fee agent last year before settling in down the stretch. He, he agreed with Hightower also. Like this ain't we're not here to have fun. We're here to do a job, and if we can have fun at the same time, then so be it. But I don't think Malcolm Butler helped Stefan Gilmore feel feel welcomed. Butler criticized Belichick about you know not giving him any money and bringing in a new guy at sixty-four million dollars. I criticized Belichick for the same thing. I said, how do you not give Malcolm Butler a contract? He proved his worth. Year and year over, and like I've been saying, the New England Patriots administration has a way of shitting on players. But I understand it's a business, so it is what it is. Gilmore has been known to say he has fun because he loves playing the game. He's been playing it since he was like around six. And he said he don't let anyone take the fun out of the game. It's fun to him, so that's what matters. I also heard other NFL players saying they hate football. They do it because it's a job. And I bet 80% of NFL players don't enjoy the job that they do. Because you never enjoy the job that you do. In high school, football's fun. But it's not your job. You don't do it every day. Every day of the week. Safety Devin McCourty was also asked about Marsh's comments. And he pretty much continued with the same theme. He said he's always having fun. But he does understand how Cassius was frustrated and how he had a bad time in New England. But the time Cassius had in New England, I didn't think he would leave and say he had a good time there. I mean, we lost in the Super Bowl to the Philadelphia Eagles. So guys on that team are going to talk about it. And it's going to make a little bit of news. And then you have guys that was released by the Patriots. And if you ask them, it's going to make some news. I mean, if you ask guys that still play here, or that had good experiences playing here, they're going to have a different opinion. That goes with anything. It depends the experience that that person had when you ask them that question. But I guarantee you as guys in that locker room, they're going to say they enjoy hanging out with each other, they have a good time, their families have relationships with each other, they enjoy doing things in the locker room even before they have fun winning football games. But you also know that's their job. They work for a living. It's a business. They have to win. You don't have fun when you lose. When you lose, people get fired. When people get fired, that is no fun at all. Losing a football team because you've got a stubborn head coach is also no fun at all. When Malcolm Butler ain't involved in the defensive plan, that is no fun at all. When Belichick was asked if he felt his team had no fun, he responded, we feel what's important to us is to win. So that's really what we're trying to do. We're focused on what we're doing, trying to get better and taking each day we can to try to improve our team and we're not really focused what everyone else is doing. It's your boy, Mikey Ribello. This is New England Patriots Rundown. Stay tuned on a special July 4th weekend edition. We'll be right back.